Hyundai's most electric EV lineup changes the way you look and feel about EVs, specifically Hyundai EVs. Hyundai's EV lineup has everything you've been yearning for in your next or first EV, boldly captivating your senses. There's the ultra-fast charging in the Ionic 5 and Ionic 6 from 10 to 80% in as little as 18 minutes. There's the fun-to-drive lineup and the tech-infused standard safety features like highway driving assist and blind spot collision warning. Plus, you get America's best warranty with a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited electric battery warranty. Learn more about Hyundai EVs at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. America's best warranty claim based on total package of warranty programs. See dealer for limited warranty details. See your Hyundai dealer for further details and limitations. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Football's here. It is Thursday morning, Thursday, September 10th, 2020. Football is actually happening, is what we're being told, uh, this evening. You're going to play some, you're going to gamble. You're going to, you're going to lock in your fantasy lineups. You're going to play some DFS. You're going to do some showdowns. I bet the handle on this game is going to be insane. Um, and we want to look, DFS. All right, so I'm going to bring up the DFS thing, but first let's introduce Heath Cummings, great friend of the program, doing this weekly. Heath, I, I want to ask you, when it comes to the 2020 fantasy season, do you believe we'll see a lot more DFS than regular fantasy because of the nature of sort of the question marks surrounding this season? I would think so. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be very interesting to see week one. That both – Major sites have put out some enormous contests in terms of total entries. I believe FanDuel's Millionaire Maker is like 990,000 entries. And DraftKings is over a million, I believe, for their Millionaire Maker. And so it will be very, very interesting. Those are both max 150 entries. You can do the math on how many people require to sign up for that contest. Right. Um, and play 150 lineups, which most people don't. It, it will be like, I think that'll be a good sign. If those contests fill, then yes, it's going to be a massive, massive DFS season. I just feel like it'll be a little more simple for people to accept the reality of what might happen with football this year where guys are missing. Like I've got a league that I've been, I started five years ago, maybe and it's like local guys and we do a draft in person. We're putting it on hiatus this year. Just because it's sort of is that is that pretty unusual, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've heard that a little bit. I'm just, um, I, I've I've heard of some people like not playing for money and stuff like that. I don't have any leagues that have done that, so that's why I have my eyebrows raised. I was, yeah, yeah, I was I mean, surprised like, well, one of yours was. We can't draft in person, which is like the best part about it, because you go down to the the PR here in Raleigh, and the PR is not even open yet, and you, you know, you put up the draft board. Everybody has a bunch of beer, and you make fun of people for their various picks and all that. It's, it's a, it's a bigger money league. So that's sort of a concern. And like there was, I just got like waffling interest from people in the league. And so it was sort of, yeah, we'll pump for a year and see what happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've had, I mean, like we had one office league where they're we're like, all right, we're not playing for money this year. It's like, ah, okay. <laughs> 
can't wait to do the weekly requirements of this league. When I re- yeah, I'm going to go ahead and guess that you are not going to do very well in that league this year. Uh, you're probably right. You're yeah. Probably correct. Um, yeah, like I think I'll probably focus a lot more energy on DFS. And uh, so we are going to lean on Heath uh, for DFS advice. If you want season-long advice, fantasy advice throughout the season, you know, there's fantasy football today and fantasy football today in five. So you can go get that. We're going to dive into DFS and gambling. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to butter the bread that feeds. We're, we're going to butter our bread with the butter that we know how to butter with or something like that. Anyway, uh, Monday, Thursday, Monday night football previews will have uh, specifics, uh, things relative to those slates, but we will talk to Heath about DFS, um, and the matchups every single week. So let's start in anything, anything that you, Anything notable from week one for you for DFS? We mentioned a little bit, I think, on, on fantasy week. Um, well, I think like the most notable thing about week one, and it's always this way because the pricing for every other week is going to come out the Sunday night before the, that week. We'll have one week for th- crazy things to happen and crazy values to pop up and they will. But the pricing for week one came out seemingly in like June this year. And so a lot of things have changed. The pricing is very exploitable. It's that way for everyone. Like when you find somebody that's underpriced by a thousand dollars, you shouldn't think, I, ha, I just figured it out. Like everybody gets it. Right. These have Um, been, these prices have been mined for months. Right. So like the thing I would say is I am more likely this week to play the Christian McCaffrey, the Michael Thomas. Uh, George Kittle, because Travis Kelsey's not on the main slate. Lamar Jackson, because not only is Patrick Mahomes not on the main slate, but three of the top four quarterbacks are not on the main slate. I'm more likely to play those guys this week because it is no trouble at all to find players, whether you're on FanDuel for 40, less than 5,000, or whether you're on DraftKings for like the 4,000 stone minimum. It's no problem finding players at all positions that are huge values. Right. Like if you want to find, I mean, cause the price, again, the pricing was set so early. Right. Like I haven't even looked. So for instance, well, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it as we get to the guys, but like I'm just thinking about a, say Raheem Mostert, right? I mean, he's probably going to carry the ball for San Francisco and be their starting running back, but he is not priced as a starting running back per se. Is it, is that a fair example or a Matt Breida maybe? Um, a, a better example is like, um, Antonio Gibson is the bare minimum. There you go. There you go. Because nobody thought Gibson was going to get any carries. Right. When he was drafted. I guess the pricing came out after the draft, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. It wouldn't come out before the draft. That would be stupid. So yeah. So I guess that, at that would point, be really Brita, something. Brita, yeah. Brita, <laughs> Brita and, uh, Mostert were baked into their, their various prices. But like, you know, Adrian Peterson is priced like he's the starting running back of the Reds, the Washington football team. Um, and carry on Johnson is priced like he's splitting carries with DeAndre Swift and we just don't know what's going to happen. We'll get to that game in a minute. Let's start though with the Dolphins and the Patriots. The Pats are six and a half point favorites over under 43. Last time, I'm not putting anything in the jar, Debo. I didn't say the whole word. Um, last time, uh, we saw these teams, Ryan Fitzpatrick was tearing apart the very fabric of the Patriots dynasty by beating the New England Patriots in Foxborough. And now Bill Belichick gets to try and get his revenge. Cam Newton to me looks reasonably priced at $6,100, but I think that I can't imagine Cam will be extremely high owned, I guess is my point. 
I, you know, I don't know. Early ownership projections, especially for week one, are difficult to trust. Um, sure. What they look like on Friday and Saturday will be a better indicator of what we should expect. And we're using DraftKings pricings. Is that okay? okay? Is that cool? Yes. Sure. That's okay. Okay. Um, I, I don't, I, I don't care either way. Okay. Well, Whichever you prefer. Let's, let's use DraftKings because for whatever reason, I just use DraftKings and not FanDuel. I don't really know why. Um, there's like I, no. I mostly just play FanDuel and not DraftKings. So it's really? perfect, perfect combination. Okay, well, yeah. Well, right, well, let's, well, let, I mean, yeah, let's, we can just, we can refer, we reference both, but just make sure people know what they're doing. And of course you can find better, you know, if you, if you shop around for lines, you can find better values, of course. Right. Um, but I think, I think Cam in tournaments will be more popular than you think. I wouldn't expect him to be played much in, in, uh, cash games at all. Sure. Sure. But, but in tournaments, I would like people love their running quarterbacks and Kyler Murray's going up against the 49ers. So looks like people might be a little bit skittish about him. So I wouldn't be surprised. Like Cam is not my favorite value in this game. He might be my favorite play on the Patriots. Um, but there's not I, a lot to like about the Patriots. As far like the the thing that you would say that you like about them is that there's a lot of unknowns. So there's a lot of different people that you could throw a dart at. Sure. Um, there's no like you can't. I, I think James White will be under rostered. I think he is a little bit underpriced. So James White would probably be my favorite Patriots play. But there's no one on the Patriots that I like as much as Preston Williams at 4,500. Ooh, so Preston Williams is your guy. You, yeah, you are. You are the sole reason why when people are doing CBS fantasy drafts and sort by average draft expert rank that he is like snuggling with Devontae Parker in the rankings. Yes, I will say that um, in our last, I think two of our last three or three of our last four drafts, Jamie Eisenberg took him ahead of me. Ooh. And Dave Richard has moved him up as well. So he's becoming a CBS guy. Um, but yeah, he was, listen, he was better than Devontae was last year when they were both healthy. He, for a rookie to come into the league and in his first eight games lead a team in target share is really unusual. Yes. And we saw what Devontae, Devontae Parker did after he was gone. So I would expect that Gilmore is going to be on Devontae Parker. And so Preston Williams will have a little easier matchup, and he's a lot cheaper. If if Gilmore shadows Devontae Parker, Preston Williams should have a very nice day. Yeah, yeah. So you don't mind playing him, even in, and you you will have a, a chunk of him in uh, your in tournaments for sure. Yes. How many? I know we talk about this every year. But how many lineups do you think you'll have on Sunday? One hundred and fifty. Oh, were you in our one hundred fifty milli makers? Uh, probably. Okay. All right. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's week one. Right. Um, and like, is I'm week just, one the better, to, the best time or the worst time to try to go out there and win? I personally think it's the best time. Um, you feel like you are more prepared and know more about. I would hope that I have spent more time on this than the average person. <laughs> Although, like, it's not like the Millie Maker is jam full of, of jabronis just. No, um, I, the thing is like when you're talking about, and this is difficult anyway, but the average skill level of the average entry in a contest in a single entry contest, it's much higher than it is in a contest like this. Uh, right, right. Because just the sheer numbers of it, Par- partially the sheer numbers of it, partially 
a lot of people are just playing to chase that one big hit. Those are not generally the people that do this for a living. Right. Because they do it for a living. <laughs> like the really the Millie Maker is not a profitable endeavor for most people that are playing. No, if you enter one lineup into the Millie Maker, you're probably gonna be in trouble. Although last year I think there were several silver bullets, like one lineup guys that, that won it. So maybe maybe this will be the year, Will. Maybe so. Um okay. Anyway, Dolphins Pats. You're not messing around with many pats. Preston Williams is the go to guy. Mike Gasecki, yeah, yeah. I don't well, like I'm not too many tight ends out there, right? There, there's a lot, yeah. And I, um, I Hayden Hurst isn't that much more expensive. No, not at all. So I don't know why I play Mike Gasicki. Okay, all right. Let's move along. This game stinks. I don't know what we're doing. Uh, yeah, Pats are, Pats are going to blow them out. I actually don't hate Sony Michelle in this game. I think the Pats are going to win the AFC East, but I, I do too. Yeah, and I think that they're going to get a lead. On the on the Dolphins, and they're going to feed Sony Michelle, and then maybe like Rex Burkhead. Yeah, Rex Burkhead would be a sneaky. Like it wouldn't be all that surprising if Rex Burkhead just led the team in in carries. Yeah, and I mean, like if he does, and he has two touchdowns, right? And you get him, you're like he's owned in two percent. Then all of a sudden, that's a that's yeah. a very big contrarian play. Eagles put put a, put a quarter in the jar. Did I say what? He said owned. Oh. <laughs> Has, have they changed that on DraftKings too? We we have changed it on CBS. Well, but has DraftKings changed? <laughs> I I don't know. Ownership projections? Um, oh, you said ownership projections. Yeah, I did too. I did. Uh, roster quarter of the jar. Roster rate? I don't know. This is wildly unfair to spring this at the last second. And I understand <laughs> why they're doing it, but right. Um. Eagles, uh, Eagles, I'm scared. I was like, can I say Eagles? Eagles <laughs> minus five and a half at the Washington football team over under 42 and a half. And, and of course, over-unders are important when you're playing DFS. You're going to want to target people, t- games with high over-unders, but also be sneaky about it as we discussed during fantasy week. Um, are you interested in either of Carson Wentz or Dwayne Haskins and or does anybody from this game in particular stand out to you? Um, I like Wentz. I'm not particularly interested in Haskins. I, um, I will have a pretty big chunk of Miles Sanders. He'll be the guy that I play the most from this game. Good game script, um, bad defense. And like, is it, is he's bad defense? Average defense. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's a good, good point. Um, and better off, like the best thing was I, they, they were a pretty good defense in terms of holding other teams down last year because Bill Callahan was running the offense True. and they played at an absolute turtles pace. Um, that's not going to happen with Scott Turner. Like we saw it with Carolina last year. We're going to go as fast as we can. We don't scare if you care if you're putting up 40 on us. Yeah. That, no, that's fair. And so the, at that point, you're going to see more plays. Like they, right. the, the Washington football team last year was not giving any plays. I do wonder if. Like I don't hate a Dwayne Haskins Terry McLaurin stack as a as as a, maybe maybe that's too spread too thin once I start thinking about all the quarterbacks you can actually use but I I don't I feel like it could be it will be unique for sure I don't hate that I don't hate like if you're gonna do that you might as well go all in and throw Steve Sims in there too yeah the thing is like you're gonna see a pretty high roster rate on Antonio Gibson mm. um, because he's cheap and people I that's the one. That I would not, I, I've, I told, I said this in draft season and I'll say it for week one. I really just want to rank and project Antonio Gibson like one spot below the consensus. 
So I don't ever have to argue with anyone about them until yeah. we actually see what they're going to do with them. Cause I, we have no clue. You know, so J- we'll talk about the Jags, but like James Robinson, I had a, uh, Darren Smith, who does radio in San Diego, I was doing radio. I was like, yeah, you know, Prisco lo- thinks they love James Robinson for nets out now. Maybe jump on him. Um, he's like, should I start him in week one? I was like, oh, <laughs> like, like James Robinson and Antonio Gibson to me fall in the same boat. Right. You drafted them and you maybe you got good value getting them. So unless it's best ball and you, you know, you can let it sort itself out. I don't know that I would throw them in the starting lineup. Well, like what rookie would you not say that about besides Clyde on Thursday night? Right. I mean, Jonathan Taylor, people are going to be starting. And I, I mean, we've talked about that. I don't like that concept. You don't just, you just don't know. Right. And we haven't seen any preseason pre preseason is generally worthless, but it is very helpful in terms of projecting fantasy because you can see who is getting the touches, who looks like they've acclimated to the NFL level, who is prepared to run well out of the gate. You can tell by the way that these coaches use these players, who is going to be the primary back in a lot of situations. And we don't have that this year. Yeah, I would play Taylor like in a GPP, very low percentage. I don't think you can even touch Akers or Swift right. for sure. And Gibson's just a, a giant question mark. I will say, I think Logan Thomas will be a little bit popular as a punt play at tight end. Um, Goddard should have a decent target share since their receivers are all hurt again. Um, and Deshaun Jackson will be a very, very popular play because it's week one and he's playing Washington. And Deshaun Jackson in week one, Deshaun Jackson against Washington, it's got a pretty good history. I don't generally go for those things, but I'll have a little bit of Deshaun Jackson. So, And the Gibson thing too, this is one way. So let's say Gibson is 35% rostered. Right. Um, is that about right? Maybe I would, I think, 30, yeah, 25 to 30. 25 yeah. to 35. Okay. But right. let's say... Like if he gets five carries and does nothing, and that is entirely on the on the spectrum of outcomes here, you have suddenly leveraged yourself against a significant portion of the tournament if you decide to go in a different direction. Right. So that is right. that is sort of the, the the game theory that you have to operate on. Uh, I like the Goddard idea, especially because Ertz will probably be fairly owned um, with Kelsey going on Thursday. Jets and Jets at Bills minus six and a half. The over under thirty nine and a half. I cannot imagine this will be a popular game in DFS circles. There's actually probably some potential for, um, you know, exploiting somebody. I'm just not sure who it is. Well, I mean, I think there's there's two guys for the Jets at least, and they're not sexy at all. But in the two games the Jets played the Bills last year, Jamison Crowder saw 35 targets. Because um, they don't want to throw deep on Shredder's right. flight in that, in that secondary. So they're just going to. I need to correct that. Up. He saw 35% of the targets. He, oh. he scored 44 PPR points in those two games. That's pretty good. Um, so, and, and he's dirt cheap and no one's going to play him because receivers like that don't really have a lot of upside. Um, I like Crowder. I, I've fought this internal battle with Le'Veon Bell God, all our season. The worst. It, it's terrible. Um, and it's, there's a lot, lot, lot of things that could go wrong. But on DraftKings, he's $5,600. He's cheaper than Jonathan Taylor. Mm. He's cheaper than James White. He's cheaper than Raheem Mostert, Leonard Fournette. Um, that's like, ridiculous. And it's, that's full PPR on DraftKings. And he's got 20 touch upside. And if you have 20 touch upside, you have upside. Period. And there is a, there is this path where 
while this game is not a, a high over under, that Sam Darnold completes 29 passes for two touchdowns or three touchdowns and uh, 23 of them are just Le'Veon Bell and Jameson Crowder. I mean, right. I mean, it's not that outrageous of a path. What I would say is don't play Bell and Crowder together. Okay. I'm not stacking Jets, but I will probably have a little bit of both of them. I don't like Josh Allen currently in my projections is the best quarterback value. Um, gross on FanDuel. Never had a 300 yard passing game on DraftKings. He's not as good of value, probably partially before that reason because that matters on DraftKings. Um, by the way, do you build your own lineups by hand or do you, you have a lineup builder? I assume. Um, I mixture. Okay. I, up until last year, I always did it by hand because I couldn't find a way to do it where I felt like I had enough control over it, but still had a system doing it for me a little bit. Yeah. It's tough. Um, Cause you're all of a sudden you're like, eh, like, I don't know if I like this. You tinker a little bit and then all of a sudden you're right. Yeah. I'm trying to slowly transition into the 21st century, but slowly it's hard. Yeah. So man, what a process that is building 150 lineups by hand. Do you do, would you do like a stack type or like, or do you, do you line up your quarterbacks and then what do you do? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I would, I would build 25 Lamar lineups and then 25 you, Allen You go lineups. into the process saying, all right, I've got 150 lineups. I mean, hypothetically, I'm going to use 10 quarterbacks. I want to be able to uh, yeah. Usually five or six for me. Five, okay. So let's say 150. Yeah. Divide it by five or six and then you would build out. And maybe right. you'd be a little overweight on certain guys. But. And the thing I would say, if like anybody that's listening, it's going to try DFS for the first time. I think most other people know this, but there's not a lot of purpose of playing tournament lineups without stacking. You right. should stack. You should stack. Now it can be, you can do it in unique ways. Like maybe you, you want to stack a running back with his own defense and a wide receiver from the other team or something like that. I generally will have at least one pass catcher with my quarterback. A guy like Allen or Terod Taylor or Lamar Jackson is the type of guy that you could play without doing that. Right. But because even those, acumen. Right. right. If I'm going to play Allen, I'm probably playing Diggs with him. Um, or I might play John Brown and hope he catches one long pass. Um, so, but yeah. That's, generally speaking, you are stacking most right. of like, probably 75 to 80% of your lineups. If not probably more. more than 80. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's just, it's, these are, I think these are questions that people who started to do DFS will ask because I know I've asked them and I'm right. always very confused. Um, uh, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, probably not. I assume tournaments only and really like maybe in same deal with Moss as Gibson. Like, well, you just don't know. Right. Yeah. Uh, Packers at Vikings, Vikings minus two and a half over under 45 and a half. Perhaps a sneaky high scoring game from. Uh, two, two defenses. Uh, people don't think about this game as being a high scoring game, but the Vikings defense is worse. And I don't think the Packers defense is great. Any uh, thoughts there? Yeah. I'm, um, mixed on whether it will be high or low scoring. So I mostly just lean towards Vegas on that one. 45 and a half is kind of right in the middle, sure. a little towards the low side. The problem with Minnesota is like, unless they fall quite a ways behind, they're shortening the game and running and running and running. Yes. And Green Bay is behaving like a team that wants to run more. They did last year and run more than they did last year. So even if the defenses aren't great, if both teams are playing that style of football, it's hard for it to turn into a high scoring game. 
That's that's a good point. Maybe this is just a stay away. I don't mind using Adam Thielen because I think even if he gets draws like cover like straight coverage from Dyer Alexander, he's still going to get such an obscene target share in this game. And he's six hundred dollars cheaper on DraftKings at sixty seven hundred than Devontae Adams. Adams will be, I would assume, higher owned because he's a bigger name and people like him better. Thielen, I just think Thielen's target share is going to be high and he's going to fly under the radar a touch. Yeah, I would say that um, Adams and Thielen are the two guys that I, I would consider playing. Um, I wouldn't hate uh, Lazard, but there's too many other wide receivers in that cheap price range that I'm interested in playing, so probably not. Okay. Uh, Bears at Lions. Yeah. This is the game we get excited about. You're being sarcastic, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Okay. Uh, I do, I wish that Matthew Stafford, who's my offseason fantasy crush, uh, and Kenny Galladay, who I think will finish as wide receiver one in all of fantasy this year, were not playing the Bears to start the season. I would be, I would be happier about stacking them out of the gate, but I still don't mind using them here because I think the Bears defense is probably a little overrated and you're going to see some deep shots from Stafford. And I think he'll connect once or twice. Stafford at 6,200 on DraftKings and Galladay at 6,200 a piece. Not an insanely high price, I guess. No, not, not, um, like I would rather, that's not a bad stack at all. It's not one that I currently am planning on, but, um, I, there I think is a it player, would be a very low owned stack for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the player I'll play the most of in this game is Tariq Cohen for sure. Oh, assuming okay. David Montgomery's out. Uh, Cohen's 4,900 on DraftKings again, full PPR. We were talking about James White, who I, I hadn't looked at the DraftKings price yet. I'm going to take back what I said about it's maybe $6, playing him. Thousand dollars, six to like eleven hundred dollars difference between James White and Tariq Cohen, both playing bad defenses, and White has like three guys there that are going to take early downs work. Cohen might have Cordero Patterson and Ryan Null. Yeah. So, and, Co- well, I was going to say it's also sure. possible that this is a team that is forced to sort of dink and dunk. Like, I would not be surprised at all. If the Bears came out and kind of let, like, formulated a very Trubisky friendly game plan that incorporated short passes and got him comfortable and made him look good so people will get off their backs. Like, they're, they're, they're good the whole offseason around trying to, like, rig the game for Trubisky. Why would they not do it again here? And if that's the case, Tariq Cohen's going to get peppered with targets. Yeah, I um like and Trubisky is fifty four hundred dollars. I don't he's hate a, that stack. He's a hundred less than Justin Herbert, who's not playing. What are we doing? Because um, so, the pricing was made with Nick Foles as the starter, right? Right. So, like, if you wanted to really take a shot on something that people are not going to do, you go Mitch Cohen, Allen Robinson, and Kenny Galladay. Um, because if the Bears score points, Foles and Trubisky were equally set at fifty four hundred. Um, yeah, I, I have no, I have, look, Mitchell Trubisky has straight up won the Millie Maker before. Oh, that game against Tampa Bay when he scored one of the, I think he had the highest fantasy point total that that year. He was, he ended up being like a top 10 quarterback that year. He he has won the Millie Maker before. He can win it again. It's happened. It's a repeatable skill. Uh, That's what they'll tell you. I don't think Detroit's defense is going to be that great. Dig a dunk to Cohen. I think Detroit's defense is going to be definitively bad. Sure. Sure. I mean, I'm high on the Lions, so I'm sort of deluding myself into thinking it might be okay. Um, when you stack is uh, – so I don't think the stacking is the Bears with three guys is necessarily the play here to over-under a game with 44 over-under, but, like, 
a Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Matthew Stafford stack at some point in the season is not outrageous, right? No, not at all. Okay. No, I, in fact, it's advisable probably. Like okay. I, I would generally like to have – like maybe you would play Kenny Galladay and TJ Hawkinson or Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson sure. if you wanted a Stafford stack without Galladay. But um, I'm sorry, I've gotten really distracted by building this lineup that's going to have the Bears Lions stack with Christian McCaffrey in it. Is it and, a? Uh, uh, is it like Trubisky, McCaffrey, Cohen, and then you're coming back with Galladay and and Allen Robinson? Oh. So you just, you just convince yourself this is going to be a high scoring game? Is that what? <laughs> uh, no, I'm just, I'm convincing myself that kind of like what you said about Darnold with Le'Veon and Jamison Crowder, like he might complete 25 passes and 20 of them go to Allen Robinson and Tariq Cohen. Absolutely. And if, and if you had that stack now, you know, part of this too is like, you got to remember this is week one of a pandemic shortened off season. This is not going to be, <laughs> this should be a low scoring week. Like we shouldn't, and, and the and the the Rams and the Cowboys and the the um, Texans and the Chiefs are off the slate. There are not. There's not a ton of slate breakers out here, Heath. Outside of maybe the Bucks and Saints, where all this ownership is going to be going to be targeted. So, I mean, somebody's got to score the points. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, okay. So I, I think this is the million maker winner. It's uh, Trubisky with Cohen and McCaffrey at running back. Galladay, Allen Robinson, and Preston Williams. Mm. Hayden Hurst at tight end, Marlon Mack against Jacksonville at running back at flex. I like that one. And the Chargers defense against Joe Burrow in his first start. I, I love it. I actually really like that lineup. And uh, <laughs> more importantly, it's not about whether you win or lose. It's about going to bed the night before and saying, I have the building maker on in my lineup. <laughs> and I can't tell you, that happens to me every time. I'm like, this is it. I'm, this is the golf lineup. This is it. It's a winner. It's a slam dunk. I'll stay up like drinking wine on Saturday night and be like putting together lineups. I'm like, that's it. That's the lineup. Oh, man, this is, this is a smasher. And then you get in there and it's like every guy's 40% owned or rostered. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think that that's going to happen with this lineup. I don't <laughs> think so. It's just pick, like a bunch of pick six podcast listeners are, are loaded <laughs> to the gills. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll roll through the rest of the games. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Seahawks minus two at the Falcons. This whole Washington football team and the uh, and the roster percentage has me like every word I say, I'm like panicked. I'm not allowed to say it. The over-under in this game, 49, a very sneaky game, I think, Heath, in terms of where roster ship, this is awful, where roster rate might land relative to the rest of the games on the field because the, the 
I think the Falcons are going to be a DFS and fantasy monster all season long, mainly because their defense won't be very good and they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. And I think you're just, I mean, like I have no problem with a Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley or Matt Ryan, Julio Jones stack here. It is quite likely that a third of my lineups this weekend will have either Ryan or Wilson and at least three pass catchers from this game. I, I love it. You can beat, yeah. the, you can beat, you can beat both of these defenses and th- their entire, both offenses are predicated on volume. Well, not volume for the Seahawks, either volume for the Falcons or deep shots efficient deep shots for the Seahawks. And that's, that's what they want to do. I mean, that's. Well, and then this is a situation where it's, it's unlikely. I think that Seattle will be able to just run the ball and play slow. Like they're going to have to let Russ cook um, on the road against an exceptionally good offense. So yeah, I, um, I, I am playing all of the pass catchers. Well, I probably won't have any Seahawks tight ends, um, but I'll have Julio Ridley, DK Lockett, Hayden Hurst, of course, will be the guy I play the most at tight end. Probably won't play Gurley or Chris Carson. Um, although Pete Prisco did tell me today that Gurley is going to have a big year. Really? Pete Prisco thinks Gurley's going to have a big year. It might it? be because he drafted Gurley uh, with the third pick of the third round in our FFT league, and I said something about it on HQ. Uh, and he's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Your, your analysis is all fluff. Fantasy hot dog guy. He call you a hot dog guy? He calls Jamie the hot dog guy. He has never called me a hot dog guy. He thinks that, he thinks that Jamie, you get the same analysis for what you guys do from a hot dog vendor on the, uh, on the side of the street. What do you think about that? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Is it, is it though? Is it though? Pete, by the way, Pete's also the same guy who, got called out by Reddit for picking the Patriots and the Packers to go to the Super Bowl every year for five years in a row and ranking them one and two in his power rankings every year for five years. And then last year he even wrote, people are laughing because I picked the Packers and Patriots every year. Well, keep laughing. Or he's like, it's a joke. He's like, keep laughing because I'm doing it again. It's like, what are you, what are you doing here? Um, and where do you get your ownership percentages from? Um, I get mine from UF Collective. Okay. There are a variety of services um, that offer them. That's where I get mine from. Okay. It does not appear. I'm just sort of looking. I use rotor grinders to build lineups. Yeah. Um, it does not appear that there's like, it looks like it's going to be at least for this main slate, like Lamar, Russ and Ryan. And that's, and that's it in terms of quarterbacks who are going to be over 10% rostered. Yeah. And that's, that's going to mean that I'm going to end up with a lot of like, I'm, I'm going to play. I'm going to have a lot of Josh Allen probably. Mm. Mm. So how, so let's say you go into a week thinking I want 30% Russ and Matt Ryan. And then you look and they're both going to be, let's say, uh, 12 to 15% rostered. At that point, how much are you offloading of that? I don't, you know, like at 12 to 15%, I'm okay. Okay. Um, 15 to 20. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think there, and I don't remember who did it now. I think it was TJ Hernandez at four by four, four for four football had put out like cumulative ownership is what you really would like to know. Like what's the, if you add all the ownership or roster rate or whatever yeah. percentages together, what is that number? And you really must be below 150%, I believe. Okay, what, wait, he, so you're talking about for your entire 
Right. Your entire particular lineup. You could play a 50% rostered Chris McCaffrey as long as you put guys that no one else is playing around him. Right. Because like there's a very good chance that, I mean, probably, I don't know, seven of actually maybe like 10 of 17 millimakers last year, Christian McCaffrey was probably in the lineup. Yeah. It'd be hard to do it without him. Right. You need the points. You don't have to be all contrarian with your roster. I fall into that trap a little bit where I'm like, I need to be. Yeah. Uh, like everybody's under own. It's like, no, you don't need that. It no, is perfectly like, okay to have a chalky Christian McCaffrey. If really, if you have like two or three guys below 5%, you could be perfectly fine. You can go all chalk. And now the two, the two guys below 5% have to hit. Right. And if they, but if they hit, you're, you're suddenly cooking. Okay. Um, and, the roster percentage, I, I don't know about you. I don't, I, I've been trying lately to not get quite as caught up in it. I think it's easy to, to allow it to like get you off of plays that you like, which is for sure. Yeah. And I, I would pay very, very little attention to it until Friday or Saturday. Right. There's just okay. a whole lot of guessing right now. Right. And there's a ton of entries that are just not even accounted. Like right. they haven't been paid for. And people haven't grabbed. We could see these numbers spike up or, or dwindle down or even out. Uh, but at any rate, back to the Seahawks and Falcons very quickly. This is, you love Hayden Hurst. You yep. love him this season. You love him this week. Um, there's a whole lot to like about this entire game. I mean, if you're, if you, if you wanted to build an entire lineup, I don't know if you can do it, but if you wanted, if you built an entire lineup from guys in this game, it wouldn't be the worst move in the world. I will build several entire lineups except for the defense and the running backs. Right, right, right. That, that would be that. Yeah. You don't want to, you don't want to stack running back. You know, if, if you're assuming right. a bunch of scoring and passing, you don't also want to have the, uh, the running backs in there as well. And so then so I, you could, but you could load these wide receivers, one of the quarterbacks and you could do, you know, opposite flip them and have both, both quarterbacks in various lineups and then roll in a Tariq Cohen yep. or, you know, whoever else. Uh, Browns at Ravens. Lamar Jackson is your top quarterback play. He's $8,100. He was also in a bunch of Millie Maker winners last year. He crushed slates repeatedly and, uh, he projects to be the highest in quarterback on the, in the, on the slate. Not surprising. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't really think there's any reason with all the values available. If you're playing cash games, playing 50 fifties or head to heads, like you don't need to get cute. Um, he's projected for like five more fantasy points than any other quarterback that's going to be on the main slate. I would probably just play him and save money somewhere else. Okay. But now for, for, for tournaments, you are not playing Lamar Jackson or playing like 10% Lamar Jackson or something. I don't, I, I, I don't want to commit to something, but I don't think I'm going to play him. Full fade. I think I'm going to fully fade him. I, I, I will probably do that. And I don't know that I'll have 150 lineups. I bet I have somewhere in the range of 20 to 50 lineups. Right. I'll, I'll do like the $23 entry or whatever, but I'm, I, and it it burns you. You can it burns you all the time. Right, fading a guy like Lamar Jackson or fading a guy like Christian McCaffrey. I'm not going to fade McCaffrey. Right, that's also so, a little different. I think. Right, if you're not if you're not fading McCaffrey and you're you want to play some Seahawks and Falcons, it's it's really tough tough to play Lamar too and expect to have any chance of being unique. Well, and also like he's probably going to get upwards. I bet he gets closer to thirty percent. I, I, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't and be surprised. 30, so if, if you're looking at 30% Lamar Jackson and you fade him, and let's say you go to Matthew Stafford or Mitchell Trubisky, 
and the and the Browns are the, either the Browns do what they did last year to the Ravens and beat them forty to fifteen, or the rate more likely, but given the line because the Ravens are minus eight and over is forty eight and a half, the Ravens get up big and then run the ball with J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram and Justice Hill and don't use Lamar's legs. You could find yourself in a situation where you can easily like get better value elsewhere and leverage you, on the field. You could. Okay. Sunday Lamar's going to have 60 points. It's like, probably. Well, <laughs> there you go. Um, any interest in the running backs here? Only one rookie with Dobbins. All Nick Chubb, 6,500. Ingram, 5,500. Kareem Hunt, 51. And Dobbins, 5,000. Kind of tough to know what they're going to do, though. Yeah, if I was going to play one, it would be Hunt, but I don't really plan on playing any of them. Okay. Uh, Beckham, I'll probably play Beckham out of spite, but I don't really want to because – Marlon Humphreys could be all over him. Yeah, I would. Uh, Marquise Brown's probably the only wide receiver that I'll play in this game. Marquise Brown has slate break, breaking, bleh, slate breaking potential for sure. Andrews Hooper, joking. Um, I'm not playing Hooper. I'll have a little bit of Andrews. Okay. Uh, Raiders at Panthers. Panthers or Raiders are minus three on the road on the the East Coast. The over under is forty eight. Uh, this has maybe this is the sneaky high scoring game, right? I- I think it could be. Yeah. I, I like, um, I like Carr quite a bit for the value. I, I like rugs about as much as I like any rookie on the slate. Yeah. Agreed. Um, the Panthers I'm, defense, I don't care if Matt Rule is Bill Parcells plus Bill Belichick plus, I mean, who, who name any like combo of defensive geniuses you ever want to see? They ain't going to be good. They're going to be bad. And the Raiders aren't going to be good either on defense. Right. Yeah, I, I like both the running backs. Um, obviously love DJ Moore. I, that's, and he might be the reason I don't have a lot of Adams or Thielen because I would just play more over them at, mm. at the price. Um, sure. And I will have some Waller too. Like this is another game that I'll probably have some full stacks of. You're going to stack Carr, huh? I might yeah. stack. I got to stack Derek Carr in the Millie Maker out of, just out of Ca- Carr, Rugs, Waller. Sure. With, with DJ Moore and McCaffrey on the other side? I mean, that's – it's going to get you some points. Do, do you think this game will be owned? I feel like it won't be. I don't think it will be – I mean, it won't be close to Seattle, Atlanta. Right. I better not be. That would be something else, wouldn't it? I mean, I can't imagine – I'm just trying to think, like, who the most owned player in this – I love a Teddy – I love a Teddy. Well, McCaffrey – and I think McCaffrey and Jacobs might be two of the highest rostered running backs. You think so? I mean, McCaffrey will be highly owned. Yeah, I guess that's true. But like, generally speaking, I cannot imagine that. Um, so McCaffrey's looking at probably twenty-five to thirty percent rostered. Jacobs, maybe, yeah, 50, maybe forty. Yeah, yeah. So how will you? Because it's important. You want to be either above or you don't want to be right on the number for in terms of your your ownership versus the field. Yeah, I mean, the way my system works, I will have to set a max on McCaffrey to sure. keep from having him in every lineup because otherwise it would just keep building Christian McCaffrey lineups. <laughs> um, it will depend on what everything else looks like, but that max for me will be somewhere between 50 and 70%. Okay. So in other words, you say, listen, I'm going to be 70, I'm going to own anywhere upwards of 70% of Christian McCaffrey. 70% of my lineups will have him. But right. then the important, the, the important thing about the game theory here is that even though he will be probably the most owned player on the entire slate, you will still own twice as much as right. everybody else. So if the rest of your lineup clicks together, 
you you won't you won't be out leveraged by the field in that situation. Um, trying to look at the freaking wide receiver. Well, freaking my uh, my browser has decided to freeze. Lovely. So yeah, I like DJ Moore. I like yeah. uh, I like Rugs. I'm with you on this. I, I think it's a great stack. Another maybe a sneaky rate matchup too. Colts minus eight at Jaguars over under forty five. Are you going to play your our man Minshew? You know, like. In regular fantasy, I, he's not one of my top three streamers. Um, and I think I'm the lowest on him between me and Dave and Jamie, um, which is uncomfortable because obviously I love him. Sure. Um, but on FanDuel, at least, he is priced so cheap that I've not been left much option. Mm. I'm probably going to throw some Minshew stacks out there. Um, 5,800 the, on DraftKings. What is he on FanDuel? Uh, he might be the same, and FanDuel pricing is obviously higher. Um, I kind of stopped looking at my spreadsheet because it only had the FanDuel prices on it. You're fine. I can um, I, the, the side that I struggle with on this is the Colts because I do agree with everyone that Jacksonville's defense is awful. Right. Um it's a weird setup for the Colts though, because they, they were a team that last year, if they had a lead, they just didn't throw. Right. Um, and they're going to distribute their carries between Mac and Hines will touch it a few times and Taylor's going to do things. So I, I don't really want to be without any Colts, but there's also not one that I currently have big plans of, uh, of rostering a lot. Yeah. I just, I think the Colts are a little bit of an unknown as well. And even the, you know, I don't mind a Minshew DJ Chark stack. I just don't think they're going to get in a situation where they're running the ball a ton. The one thing I would worry about is that Frank Wright is the king, feels like he is the king of turning a game into a slog and would have no problem getting a lead and shortening the game. Right. Um, And that would be trouble for Gardner Minshew. Then you're looking at, can he make, can he and Chark make it up on three or four drives in the second half? Can they get you that point value then? It could be a little. Oh, I, yeah. I think if you play Chark and Minshew, you are like, you are hoping for garbage time. Yeah. And there's going to be garbage time. <laughs> yeah. So, It'll be garbage time. Right. Um, Saints and Buck, Bucks at Saints. Saints minus three and a half over under 49. Hard to imagine a world, Heath, where this is not. A loaded, uh, this is just, I mean, look, it's, it's the freaking Saints and Bucks. I mean, there's, we're going to see it's a, it's a, it's a four o'clock game. Do you find that people typically tend to, um, gravitate towards the four o'clock games or they go away from them? Um, I don't know. Like there's an advantage in having a four o'clock players. I think it depends a lot of times on how many games there are. Because if you have some players in, at four o'clock and then you see that you're ahead or behind, you can make some pivots. Yep, for sure. Um, this, this game, like obviously has some complications because we've talked all off season about how the teams with continuity are going to have an advantage. Um, Tampa Bay's first game together. And now we've got Mike Evans not practicing today with a soft tissue injury. That's not practicing on Wednesday for those listening on Thursday. It does Correct. not sound good. We'll know more. Uh, I mean, is Godwin a smash if, if Evans is out? I don't, yeah, I don't think we have any choice. But you um, have to play Chris Godwin. I would rather play OJ Howard than Gronk on the Bucks. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, I think you're going to have to play Godwin if Evans is out. Although, man, he's getting all that attention from a very good defense if that's the case too. What about uh I mean, he can't be anything more than $4,000 of DraftKings. Scotty Miller. Scotty season? Hadn't Scotty been getting buzzed? Am I crazy? No, for sure he has been. Um, he is 4000 I, I, yeah, I don't, if, if Evans is out, if I Evans think I like ruled him. out. Right. I, but I don't know, I don't know how much, like, do we think Scotty can play successfully outside? We don't know. Right. You're um, you're taking a major flyer on a man. I mean, I know it's like this Bucks, or maybe it's Justin Watson. Watson is another option. Um, Tyler Johnson made the team after not practicing very much. They must like him quite a bit. Hard um, to imagine Tom Brady chunking the ball to a rookie wide receiver out of Minnesota. Right. It might, and that's the other problem is like it might just turn into a game where they are a little more conservative, but we don't know which running backs are going to play and how much. I think I'm avoiding the Bucks in this game. I think I mostly am too. Like I'll probably have Godwin if um, if Evans is out. Um, I'm definitely going to play some Michael Thomas. We'll see where he's at in terms of projected roster rate, and I'll we'll see. Um, no way I'm playing Cook. I don't envision playing Breeze. Rojo? Um, no. Ro no. <laughs> no, no, Joe. F no. <laughs> right. Um, no, uh, but I'll probably have a little Camara. Okay. Nothing wrong with Camara. Mix him up. Would you Would you play Camara with McCaffrey or is that impossible to do? It's possible. Maybe during that, as part of that uh, Bears deck. Trubisky <laughs> special. All right. Uh, up next in the 4 o'clock window, there are three games, by the way. Uh, I think this is an interesting one. Chargers at Bengals. Over under 43, the Chargers minus three and a half road chalk with Tyrod Taylor starting. I Come on. I know you have to have interest in Tyrod Taylor in some of your lineups. Of, of course I do. Yeah. Um, I, I absolutely have some interest. I uh, like I haven't narrowed it down to the only guys I'm going to play. And I don't you don't want to I don't want to play 10 quarterbacks huh. um, because then you don't get as much variety with the quarterbacks you do play. But Taylor is right there. With Minshew as the um, cheap quarterbacks that I will, well, I'll play one or two of those guys. And and from a strategy standpoint, the reason why you want you want to lock in, you just have to make some decisions. Like that's the reality. It's the same thing with the, the PGA stuff. Like it sucks because I have FOMO about missing out on you know Scotty Scheffler's you know monster round monster you know tournament. But you just have to make decisions. You can't you can't play every quarterback. You have to you have to cut. You have to make roster cut. Like roster cuts. I can say roster cuts. You have to make roster cuts, and you have to get down to your X number of quarterbacks and then build around them, right? And what about, what about roster? What is happening? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Can we can we still say Buccaneers? I I don't know. Pirates, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, say Buccaneers. I think. Um. Yeah. I Taylor is is right there with uh, with Minshew. Okay. Um. I, I really like to play some Austin Eckler. Yeah. We just and don't I, know how they're going to attack. Are they going to utilize him the way they did last year? Was that Philip Rivers? Was that scheme? Like that's what we don't. That's the one thing we don't know. Right. But I'll probably have some Eckler because I don't expect him to be rostered in very many. Sure. Lineups. Um, I'm I'm probably out on Bengals. Really. Hmm. Hate the Bengals, huh? I don't hate them, but like even without Derwin James, this is a very good Chargers defense. 
and a very bad Bengals offensive line. And it's Joe Burrow's first start ever. And he didn't get a preseason or OTAs or rookie camp. Like I just don't, people will take that shot and it could pay off. That's not, that's not one of the shots I'm going to take. I'd rather, I'd rather play Mitchell Trubisky. Okay. Uh, Joe Mixon looking around probably 10 percentage. A lot. Yeah. And I just, I just don't like, I'm not a big Mixon guy anyway. I, I think I only have him on one team out of my, <gasps> 47 this year. So I, I won't have any mixing, especially okay. against a good defense. Okay. Cardinals and 49ers, the final game of the main slate or the final game that we're talking about the main slate. Again, there are three games. Kyler, Jimmy G, 49ers minus seven over under 47 and a half. Kyler, two pretty good games against the 49ers last year. Yeah. And I, I, Again, another situation where Kyler's not in my top 12 quarterbacks this week. He's just outside. But if the projected ownership that I saw, which was around 1% or 2%, is correct, then I'm he'll probably be a guy I have 25 lineups of. Looking like 2 to 2.5%. Yeah, that's, that's a guy that, like, even with a bad matchup, if you have a chance to play Kyler at less than 5%, I think you just do it. There's, there's just some guys where you have to, you're not going to get that opportunity. If he, if he's, if he's going to have a take a leap season, you're right. not going to get that opportunity very often. Right. Okay. Uh, anybody, are, are you, are you, are you bailing on Hopkins this week? Hopkins, I will not, I will not play Hopkins independent of Kyler Murray, but if I play Kyler Murray, then I'm going to have some Hopkins in my Murray lineups for sure. Okay. But I mean, cause you could obviously get DJ, you would rather have DJ Moore. Starting over Hopkins, but if you're going to play Kyler, you want to have that stack. Exactly. Okay. But if I play 125 non-Kyler lineups, DeAndre Hopkins will be in zero of them. Okay, right on. Um, George Kittle. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, in cash games, you probably just roll Kittle out unless you want to play Hayden Hurst. Like those are the only two options I'm going to consider in that format. In tournaments, I'll I'll still probably have some. I do expect like. Arizona's heard all the jokes about how bad they were against tight ends last year. They went and drafted Simmons to correct that very problem. Although he's not in the starting, uh, he's on the starting. Yeah, that's weird. Um, maybe, and maybe they'll just be atrocious again, but we don't, I don't really, <clears throat> and I did last year with Arizona after a certain point. I don't generally trust, t- uh, defense versus tight end numbers. Right. And I certainly don't trust them year over year. Right. And Kittle's looking at like 11%, which is pretty high for the tight end position. It, it is. But the other thing is, like, we don't know, is San Francisco going to have Debo or Brandon Ayuk? If they don't, the Kittle is, ha- I mean, like, how right. is he going to get less than 13 targets? Right. And if Kittle gets 13 targets, he's going to go for 10 catches and 120 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Um, he's, he is looking like the third highest end tight end, at least what I'm seeing behind, third highest roster tight end behind. Uh, Ertz and Hayden Hurst. Chris Herndon fourth. What are we doing here? Okay. That sounds uh, right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Trust Chris Herndon. Makes total sense. Uh, any thoughts on the showdown for between Cowboys and Cowboys feels like a word that would get outlawed too. Uh, um, Cowboys minus three at Rams. Is there a sneaky captain option that you would look at? I think the sneaky captain option would be like Michael Gallup. Ooh, I like that. Um, like he would probably be my favorite choice. I would probably not play a Rams running back, even in 
that situation, but if I was definitely, going definitely, to, definitely don't do it. If I was going to, it'd probably be Malcolm Brown. Yeah. Um, I'm not a. I, I love Jarwin, and um, I love Dak. So yeah, I can. Okay. That's not. I'm more interested probably in the Thursday night showdown than I am in that one. For sure. Just because Daryl Williams, I think, is far more intriguing. And that's the thing about these showdowns. If you're going to play in it, don't just like, and I'm guilty of this. So I'm, I'm being a total hypocrite here, but like, don't just be like, well, I got to have a lineup tonight. Like you don't, you don't. I mean, if you, you know, like if you have an, if you have an inkling that, like you say, Daryl Williams could end up taking 50% of the snaps because Clyde Edwards Hilaire isn't ready and score two touchdowns, go play, go do that as the captain and roll your dice on that. And if you hit, you hit big, but don't just be like, well, I got to have. You know, Dak is my captain. You, you don't. Right. Um, okay. Any beers you've tried lately that you would? Uh... I don't think I've had any new beers lately, unfortunately. it's um, It's been sad. I've got some beers coming. Oh. Maybe we'll be here, like, while people are listening to this podcast from uh, my friends at Microphone in uh, Chicago. What? Yeah. They, they're sending you some? We talked they about folks on here. How'd you What's get that? that? How'd that happen? Um, it happened last year too. Do they listen good, to fantasy good, football today? Good friends, yeah. Friends of the program. Do they they listen to FFT? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, feel free to drop a hey. You know my buddy over here on this. <laughs> um, I will. I will keep that in mind. I think. I think they are on my uh, my my list. I am. Uh, I'm planning a beer road trip in uh, when the season's over. Okay. Driving or, uh, up from Fort Lauderdale all the way to Chicago, Asheville to oh, well, that's, that's to Brewdog in Columbus to okay. Founders to Bells to Microphone. You know what I saw at Total Wine the other day, and this what? this is the state of craft beer. There was just a, a case of CBS. Did I tell you this? Maybe I told you this. Like, I think you told me this last week. Yeah, maybe I did. Yeah, but I was just like floored. Like there was just a case of CBS sitting there. Yeah, it was like that. That's normal here. <laughs> That's right. We could talk about this because you're like, yeah, nobody, nobody drinks barrel aged stouts. And, uh, no, and I, I take them to the beach. <laughs> just, I mean, you're just like, <laughs> it's disgusting and I respect it. Uh, all right. Heath Cummings, thanks so much that we ran long there. We got great DFS talk. We'll tighten it up as the season goes along. Uh, but uh, hopefully everybody's prepared. Let's go win a million bucks. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.